0: Good morning. Good morning, guys. All right. Here we are. All right. Let me have your attention, please. So I always tell you when I get up here on Wednesdays and I'm really excited. Well, I'm really excited today. Look at this. God has brought back Band of Brothers, right? Let's hear it. Now, I thank the tables that are in charge for this series, um, and they came in early, got to help us get the table set up, got to stand, by, come back later uh, when it's over. Officially, listen, officially, Band of Brothers technically runs from 6.30 to 7.45, but nobody leaves for 8, but by 8 o'clock, we need to get started because we're we're going to, the wipes are back there each the group that's in charge or even the table leader, if they want to do it themselves, is going to clear his table and the wipes are on that back table there. Wipe it down real good because we have to fold the tables and get them put back the carts right behind that door there. So we'll be all ready to go. When we leave, we just leave the chairs here. That's it. Okay. So welcome. Um, the food is back. And I want to remind you, this is totally a free will offering. If the Lord tells you not to put anything in that basket, then don't put it in. But the food needs to pay for itself. So now it's time for the offering bowl to get dusted off and be used, all right? Our table's been using it all along, but anyway, it's because we force them into it. But we, are, we have started, we started a new series, okay? We've been dealing with Micah 6.8 uh, for three different series. And this one is the walk humbly with thy God, which is the end of this uh, verse. And before we do that, though, I got to tell you a couple of lightheaded things about. First of all, I'm Italian, all right? So there's, 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 I'm Italian. So I want to tell you again, I want to remind you, it's not pasta, it's macaroni, all right? Number two, it's not sauce, it's gravy. So I used to have a shirt. That I might still have I'm going to pull it out. But I got a couple of quick jokes because they shortchanged the Italians again. Because what happened was I was reading in history and you guys have heard the punchline in my prayer group. So be quiet. Um, I was reading in the history book that Theodore Roosevelt was the first president that left our country. He went to inspect the Panama Canal. But that's not true because I heard that Abraham Lincoln went to Italy and made a famous speech. The Spaghetti's burger Address. <laughs> the Spaghetti's burger Address. Another thing, you know what? <clears throat> we get, we get, and we also get discriminated against. You know why they wouldn't give Mr. Macaroni? Matter of fact, that's how you call it pasta. That's how, that's why it is macaroni. It was named after Tony Macaroni. But anyway... Mr. Macaroni, none of the car insurance people would give him car insurance. You know why? Because he was always al dente. Anyway. (laughs) Come on, it's 6.30 in the morning, but you still got to have a sense of humor. Band of Brothers is back. That's why I'm not on staff. That's why I'm not on staff. Anyway, before any further ado, I'd like to welcome our executive pastor, Eric Rebstock. Would you come forward? And he's going to talk to us about be willing.
1: All right. Thanks, Michael. So you know how as a speaker, there are certain times you never want to follow that guy. I'm perfectly fine following those jokes, right? That's perfectly fine. So thank you for setting me up for success here, Michael, no matter what. Uh, it is awesome to be here and see all of you guys. As you guys know, I was thinking about it. For whatever reason, I woke up last night at 2 a.m. and I did not fall asleep again. So thought a lot about things. In fact, did the math for how many different breakfasts have been made here over the years. And I think I ended up around 35,000 meals. For uh, for breakfast, right? Every four years or so, we make about ten thousand meals. uh, If fifty guys come, right, and we have fifty breakfasts or forty-five breakfasts. So, if forty breakfasts, fifty meals every four years, that's ten thousand meals, right? So, we've been doing this for twelve years, right? So. That's how I ended up at 30,000 30, meals, and I'm going to guess there are probably a few more than that. So it's just fun to be a part of that kind of thing and give you a little picture of my mind what happens at 2.30 in the morning when I wake up. All right, so, so just thrilled to be able to be here. I'm going to pray in a second, and then we're going to talk about tattoos. So, so let me pray. Uh, God, thank you so much for these men. Lord, I have said so many times that where the men go, the church goes. And so it is such a privilege to be here, to be part of the history and lineage of what happens with men here in this church, to recognize leaders, future leaders, past leaders in the space, and more importantly than all of that, to recognize guys who say, you know what, this is worth me getting up because I get to open God's word and I get to study it with my brother's on a Wednesday morning. So God, I pray that you would go before us, that we would have an awesome and fun time, that we would recover from Michael's jokes, and that we would learn about you. In your name, amen. What? Oh, no. All right. So uh, just a show of hands, how many in here do not have a single tattoo? I'm just curious. I don't, I don't, have, I don't have any tattoos. All right. So the rest of you have tattoos. So uh, how many of you have tattoos that you wish you didn't have? All right, all right. Just a couple of you guys. All right, so I'm always, a a couple of things that I'm always amazed by, and that is uh, the stories of tattoos. I just, when I see somebody's tattoo, even if they're a stranger, i I, like, tell me the story of your tattoo. I want to hear about it. So stories about tattoos and scars are always fascinating because they always have some reason that that mark is on your body. And so, uh, just a couple of tattoos that always make me laugh. So, so years ago, I was a builder, and I, and I had this uh, unsavory guy. He's a great friend of mine uh, that worked for me. And he came, into, came onto the job site, and he was laughing. And, and one of those, like, half laughs like a, and half embarrassed, right? And I said, what, what are you laughing at? And he said, I, I got a new tattoo. And he just starts laughing. And I said, well, what is it? And so, he was wearing shorts. It was the summertime. And he lifted up his leg lifted up his shorts and pulled it up to here and on the front of his thigh was a reverse mermaid all right so it was the lower legs of a woman and the upper body of a fish like a sailor's tattoo right turned this way with these big lips blowing a kiss right it was the ugliest and funniest thing i have ever seen right it was incredible so, so that one I always laugh at. And then, uh, and then a friend of mine has a friend who somewhere on his body that's hairy. Apparently this guy has a hairy body. He has an aerial view of a guy pushing a lawnmower, and then he shaves behind it. So it looks like a guy just mowed a lawnmower across his, across his stomach, right? So those are two that I just, that I just love. So, so um, I always think that people, the, the older you get, the more you may regret your tattoos. And so... Um, they always make me laugh. and Sometimes there are scars, though, too, that you see. And uh, so another guy that I know, he has this big, jagged, kind of lightning bolt scar. And you can't miss it. It is big. And it's just it's not an attractive scar. So I said to him one day, Jacob, how'd you get that scar? And he said, oh, man. So he was drunk or high at some point. The guy's a believer and drunk or high at some point when he was in high school. And he was on his way to a party. And he had to go over a stream to get there, and it had an elevated bridge to get there. So somehow he managed to drive off the bridge, flip the car over, land on its roof, and in the water started coming in, and his head was pinned between the steering wheel and the roof of the car, sideways with the steering wheel into the side of his jaw. And as the water starts coming in, he thinks he's going to die, right? As I would too. And so he wrenches his face out of that space and just just tears his tears his skin, walks out of the stream bed and into the party, and and says, "Let's party!" Right? And so he wanted to just continue the party, and people are just staring at him, going, "You need to go to the hospital." And so he goes to the hospital, and they sew him up, and. So, so those are, you know, just those kind of scars. And so um, today we're going to talk about the marks and the scars that things leave, especially the marks that might be on your body because of someone else. And so um, that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, a, couple, a couple of other pieces when we talk about marks that maybe connect to other people. Uh, So I've got I've got two sons. I've got four kids. Two two girls. Oldest and youngest are girls. Two in the middle are boys, and uh, Max and Thomas. And so they both play lacrosse. Uh, They have um, they play lacrosse for Shawnee uh, Shawnee High School. Max is now in college. Thomas is playing. Actually, has a game today against Cherokee. And so they played a couple of years ago. They were on the same line uh, for the Shawnee lacrosse team and that, you know so one of the highlights for me as a dad watching my both of my boys play on the same team at the same time which is really fun and so with, with lacrosse if you're familiar with lacrosse you you have 18 year old 16 year old 15 year old boys filled with testosterone running around with somewhere between 30 and 60 inch sticks that they're legally allowed to hit people with and so it's the most amazing sport it's probably my favorite sport and so they come home with these just wounds scars, right? The padding covers here and here. And so everybody knows you whack the guy right here constantly, right? Or right across the forearms or, you know, wherever it is. And so they come home bruised and marred. So that's that. Or, or the tattoo, I have a friend that has a tattoo that um, when he interlocks with his wife's hand, he has uh, OE on his, the end of his heel of his hand. She has VE on hers. And when they hold hands and walk down the street, it says love, right? It's a, it's a cool tattoo. And so I love the things that, that are shared, these marks that are shared, and the stories that, that come with them. And um, I like that because they're marks with meaning, right? And so we all have those marks with meaning in our lives, and some of them are really difficult marks, right? Some of them bring terrible memories. This is where my dad hit me, or I was perfectly fine until she said that to me. Or, yeah, this scar right here, that was the last time I played football, right? They're, they're marks that bring, like, just a difficult memory. And then sometimes they're marks that bring an awesome memory. You know, everyone in my squadron had this tattoo, and we all get together and we, we, we share that. Or, or I took all the skin off the side of my leg when I dropped my motorcycle that day but man, I love that motorcycle, right? So, so they're all marks that, that kind of land in the place uh, that are either good or bad, but they carry stories, and maybe we would call them even war stories. And so the older I get when I think about war stories and marks, the more I appreciate the life of the Apostle Paul. So the Apostle Paul, he wrote 13 different books, and they were all letters to different either churches different people. And so the churches that he wrote to, you're familiar with all these, Rome, Ephesus, Galatia, Philippi, Thessalonica, and Corinth. And then he wrote letters to, to three different guys, so Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. And so all of these letters, when I read the Bible, I love to read these letters in one sitting, because Paul wrote them in one sitting. And they would have been read in the early church to those people or those churches all at once. And they would read them, they would sit, they would read them, they would talk about them, maybe they would even memorize them, because even, even then, they recognized that these things were scripture. And so I was reading the book of Galatians uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and I was reading it from start to finish, it was early in the morning, and I'm reading it start to finish, and I get to almost the very end of Galatians, it's Galatians 5.17, and there was just this verse that made me kind of stop, and I love it when I read the word, it doesn't happen all the time. But I love it when I come face-to-face with a verse that just floors me. And I just have to dwell on it for a bit. And so, Galatians 5.17 says this, From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. It still puts a lump in my throat. When you think about what that means, and what's behind that verse... Let no one cause me any more trouble because I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. And then we think about this, this theme that we're going through of walking humbly with God. And then today we're talking about how we need to be willing to bear one another's burdens. And then you think about what Paul said about how I bear on my marks, I bear on my body the marks of Jesus and you realize that every one of those marks on his body was for the sake of someone else not for himself All right so that's such a powerful thing to me when you think about that so i've been thinking about that literally for a couple of weeks just, just that verse just that concept i bear on my body the marks of jesus and so we're just going to talk uh, a little bit about these things today and some of the marks and what how paul got them and what they mean And how they all hang from from Paul saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. In 1 Corinthians 11.1. And so, uh, there are three things that I want us to get when we, we leave today. The three things about the marks of bearing each other's burdens. And so, this is the first one. It costs us something, right? So, bearing someone else's burden costs us something. And maybe it costs us everything. Okay. So we recognize, we recognize that. So the first, uh, the first, the first place, and, and so I dropped this on Dave. So I, Dave, if you were able to get verses up here, that's awesome. If not, it's totally fine. I walked in with some extra verses. So uh, in Second Corinthians 11, 16 to 29, there's this awesome passage that, you know, we kind of look at it and go, man, I can't believe what Paul did and how Paul lived. And we move on right? So we go, man, that was what he did in that, and how that must have been. But I think we kind of miss the fact that this hangs from this, the fact that he did all this for someone else. It wasn't just that Paul had a rough life. It wasn't just that Paul was unlucky. It was that Paul constantly walked into the space of someone else's burden, and he was willing to carry, carry it at all costs, because carrying someone else's burden costs us something, maybe everything. So here's what it says starting in verse 16. I repeat, let no one think of me foolish, but even if you do, accept me as a fool so that I may too boast a little. What I am saying with this boastful confidence, I say not as the Lord would, but as a fool. Since many boast according to the flesh, I too will boast. For you gladly bear with fools, being wise yourselves. For if you bear with someone who makes slaves of you or devours you or takes advantage of you or puts on airs or strikes you in the face... And to my shame, I must say, we were too weak for that. So he's saying, look, you're going to walk into this, and no matter what someone does to you, this is worth it. And then he provides an example of what someone has done to him and why it's worth it. But whatever anyone else dares to boast of, I am speaking as a fool, I also dare to boast of that. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm a better one. I'm talking like a madman. With far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes, less one. So he was, they take they a cat of nine tails, right? This whip, shards of glass, shards of metal tied into the leather thongs in the end, and they Beat someone only 39 times because they were convinced that the 40th lash would kill them. Right? So, so when he says 40 lashes less one, that's what he means. And three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to fall and I am not indignant? Right? I mean, we think about the comfort that we have as men, right? Just think about the comfort that you existed in today on the way here. I, so, so you guys know. I, maybe you don't know. I, I have a I have a 30 year old Jeep. It has no comforts. Right? Doesn't have air conditioning. Doesn't have windows. Right? It, I drive around in the winter time in a plastic box. Like there's. So I I guarantee that I have the least comfortable car in here. So think about what and and I was comfortable. Right? So we came in with heated seats or cooled seats or. I have a friend who has heated cup holders and cooled cup holders, right? I mean, just the, there's more comfort in our cars than a lifetime of Paul. And so you think about the comfort that he wouldn't have had, and then you start to add on to this, right? Lost at sea, shipwrecked, stoned, and maybe not in the way that you might be thinking, right? Not in, right? So, so he is living it, but he's, just, he's not just living it, Because of himself, like he would never volunteer for this vote. Oh, he volunteered. He would never vote for this. He would never say, "Yeah, choose me," except for you, Jesus, except for my brother, Jesus. And so Paul was willing and recognized that it would cost him perhaps everything. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that investing. The second thing is that bearing each other's burdens has an incredible return on your investment, right? So uh, my daughter, Kate, she's our youngest, and uh, she loves to garden, right? She loves it. And so her investment is not in planting the seeds, right? No one ever gardens for the sake of the seeds. They garden for the sake of what you get from the seeds, what grows from it. And so I love this passage in Galatians chapter six, uh, it starts off uh, in six one it says, "If anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness." I love that. That is one of the most powerful verses. Speaks to men. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Verse two: Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. If there's a short verse, if you guys struggle to memorize verses right? Because I hear from so many guys, like, I can't memorize verses. I know every stat from Joe Montana ever, ever made, right? But I can't memorize verses. You can, you can memorize this. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each one will have to bear his own load. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches, and do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity... And the opportunities all around us. Let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the faith, right? So listen. This isn't an easy year, right? This hasn't hasn't been for any of us. For the very easiest of us, it's still been a difficult year. Just COVID. It's just hard. And then you throw on top of it, you know, maybe some of us had huge job changes, Maybe some of us lost loved ones. Maybe some of us found out they had cancer. Maybe some of us found out, like you just fill in the blank and it just gets harder. So the baseline that we all have is just hard this year. And then you start piling on all of these other things and it's been a challenging year for every single one of us. The baseline has never been so low or so high in terms of challenges the baseline has never been. So I love... The fact that, that Paul says here, look, we're going to sow seeds and then we will, we will have the opportunity to reap those seeds and what grows from them if we do not give up. And we will have opportunities to get that incredible return on investment because those opportunities are all around us. And so I love that. So it has an incredible return on investment. And then the third one is that it is an obligation because of Jesus, and because of what Jesus done, has done. And so, I love, um, I love the verse in 1 John, right? This is how we know what love is, that a man lays down his life for his brothers. Right? It's a powerful, powerful verse. I heard this uh, story the other day. Somebody had a tattoo that said that, and he had it for five or six years before he realized that it was a verse, because he was a guy in the military, and he knew, like, loving the guys in my squadron, like, I laid down my life for them. And then he found out that he had a verse on his, on his body and it moved him toward Jesus to where he became a believer. Right? It's a, just a cool thing how God uses everything. So I love that verse. And I, so I love with that Romans 15 and the first six verses of Romans 15 because this is the, the example of Jesus. It says, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Right. I mean, So you think back to that passage that I read, the first passage. Does that just embody Paul? We who are strong, like Paul, recognized he had a strength. He has an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and to not please himself. There's nothing in that list that would have pleased Paul for Paul's sake. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. So, we, so when Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ, we recognize that Jesus put our sin on himself, and he carried that burden. And so when Paul says that he's imitating Jesus and we should imitate him, we're called to put that same thing on us. And for whatever is written in verse 4, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction— that through endurance, there's that word again, and through encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so you think about in this in this idea, like we're under this obligation. In good times and in bad, we recognize that There are days that we will be the stronger brother and we have that obligation. Some days we'll be the weaker brother. And in many ways, from the flip side of the coin, we have an obligation to let someone else bear our burden. And sometimes that's really hard for us as guys. And so those are those three things that I wanted to hit on. It costs us something, maybe everything. It has an incredible return on investment and it's an obligation because of Jesus. And this whole thing hangs from the key verses that we've been talking about or that you've been talking about in Micah 6, 6 to 8. And so uh, I just want to spend a little bit of time here and then wrap up with Romans 15, 13. And so uh, I'm sure that you've talked about this, but in Micah 6, 6 to 8, it says this. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come to him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old, Will the Lord be pleased with, a thousand, with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? And I, those, those two verses kind of set us up and, and kind of harken back to Psalm 50. So in Psalm 50, the psalmist really challenges the people who are making the sacrifices and he says, you say you live out your life in such a way that you're you're sacrificing and you're giving me these burnt offerings. And God says to them, I don't care about your burnt offerings. I don't care. It's not that significant that you are taking a cow and you're sacrificing it to me and thinking it's a big deal. He says, It's my cow. Right? It's my cow. So you hear that verse like God has a cattle, <clears throat> pardon me. God has cattle on a thousand hills. That's what that verse comes from. Like that's where that's from. He's saying I ha- I have all the cattle. They're all mine. So don't give yourself credit. It's mine. He said, well, I, what I want is a sacrifice of your heart. Tear your heart. And so Micah is saying the same thing. Should I give him these burnt offerings? Should I should I sacrifice ten thousand bulls? Should I pour out 10,000 rivers of oil? Like, is that going to matter? And, and so he says, no. He says, God told you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and walk humbly before your God. And so what I, what, I, what I want to finish with, or the reason that I want to finish here, is because this is the key to the whole piece of bearing each other's burdens. So we have Paul and the example that he is and imitating him as he imitates Christ and the things that he lived through and the fact that it'll cost us everything. But sometimes we need like that screen or that grid work to push it through. And so this is one of those things. Like, How do I do that? Well, well, we love justice or we, we do justice. And that's simply just doing what is right. Right? Just do what's right. Mother Teresa somebody asked her in an interview, she said, how did you care for 35,000 lives? How did you do this? And she said, well, I started by caring for one, right? Just do what's right, what God calls you to do. Lean into who God is and listen. So do what is right. Love kindness, right? And that doesn't mean, like, we have to put flowers in things, and we have to be nicey-nice. That means just act with mercy. That's it. Act with mercy. Be merciful. When you think about, like, you need a better framework for mercy. Okay, take your, take your darkest sin. Think about it for a second. Recognize that before you made that darkest sin, right, I'm thinking about mine right now. It's ugly. Before you did that thing, Jesus died on the cross in anticipation of that sin. Right? So if you need framework to say, how can I act with mercy? Just think about yourself and think about what Jesus did. Right? Act with mercy. Be kind, especially now. Like we want to live differently as men, as believers. Show mercy to everyone we come into contact with. Maybe that means don't reply on Facebook, right? Maybe that means get rid of Facebook. It's a whole lot easier to be kind to somebody face-to-face than replying to what what it is. All right, and then the last one, walk humbly. Just walk humbly. And so I love this, you know, you kind of go back. I don't speak Hebrew, uh, but there are plenty of websites that help you through the process, right? So the word here just means walk in a lowly manner right? So elevate others above you. And so, so those three things, that's, that, I think those three things allow us to bear one another's burdens, because when we're seeking to do justice, just to do what's right, when we see someone struggle, and to love kindness and act in mercy, and then to walk in a lowly manner to say, yeah, I will step into that mess with you. And those are powerful things that allow us to bear one another's burdens with, with great joy. And so then, lastly, I just want to finish up with this. This is Romans fifteen thirteen. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Kind of this end of a, of a prayer from Paul. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So we're going to think about that today. So there are a couple questions that I want you to talk through, and and, uh, they're going to be up on the screen. But the first one, we talked about scars and tattoos and things like that. So just a chance for you to sit around and just kind of share some scar stories, right? So tattoo stories, battle scars, like things you may have... uh, Receive maybe when you're walking through a battle. They may be literal army stories. They might be, you know, my friend was really wrestling with this and, and I kind of walked in and, and he slept on my couch because he was going through a tough time with his wife for three months, like whatever it is. So maybe share some of those stories about when you've walked through with people. And then share maybe a story about yourself where you have earned a mark, physical, mental, emotional, from uh, walking through things with, um, with Jesus, right? So, so Paul recognized that they were marks of honor. And, uh, and for us, we have this opportunity or have opportunities to be able to create moments that we can receive these same honors. So just kind of talk about those two things. So, so um, I want to pray for you, but I want to read this verse one more time, and then I'll pray for you. Uh, and we'll start the prayer this way. Uh, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Let me pray. God, there's nothing fancy about today's talk. It all comes from your word. It comes from the example of Paul, the way that he lived his life and recognized that, okay, this might cost me everything. But you're worth it, and that person's worth it. We recognize that we don't ever want to do anything and not receive a return on our money. It would be silly to just have a million dollars sitting in our drawer as opposed to putting it in a bank and investing it in some way and getting a return on that. We would call that bad stewardship. But sometimes we miss with our lives that opportunity to make an investment and get a, 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 a return that is eternal. And so, God, I pray that you would just show us places where we can invest. Whether it's mentoring someone else's life, maybe it's, uh, I don't even know what, adopting a kid, caring for an older neighbor, but stepping into a space that you're calling us into. And then, God, we recognize that you have challenged us to do this out of obligation. We need to do this. We need to do this because of what you did in our lives. And the mercy that you showed to us, Lord, help us to show other people and help us to do what is right and help us to always work in a lowly manner, always elevating other people ahead of us. And that may cost us something but I pray that that investment would move people to you, that they would look at us and say, hey, there's something different about you. Can we talk about that? Can you show me this path toward Jesus because you have cared for me so well? You've loved me so well. You, you picked up the other end of the board that I was struggling to carry, and you carried it with me. Lord, help us all to be men who do these things with great joy and peace. Lord,
0: help us to do these things. We'll do it together, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.